When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, for today, we're taking it back to the 80s, and rather than saying good morning, I'm going to say, I've been answering my phone. And for those of you that are younger, just, um, I think if you go on to YouTube, and you, uh, let me see, let's go to YouTube.com, um, and let's type in, Waza, W-A-Z-Z-A-A-A, um, there it is. W A Z A A A A A. Waza. It's a minute 30. Um, and it takes me back to my childhood in the 80s. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's 12 years ago. I think it was longer than 12 years ago. But um, everybody answered the phone. Waza. Ever since uh, that Budweiser commercial came out. So uh, I figured I'd start it since I've been answering my phone like that for, what, 20 years now? Uh, I figured I would bring that up. Um, okay, so what went on yesterday? A lot went on yesterday, um, but nothing in the market. Well, it is what it is. Uh, cruise lines were up. Norwegian, Carnival, Royal. Uh, Tesla split overnight. Intuit earnings, crazy good. Um, Peloton went nuts yesterday and then kind of crashed down this morning on, uh, on their earnings. Uh, Apple is in a bearish MACD cross uh, which I'll go over. Um, and I had a bunch of listeners reach out. I, I was shocked. I didn't know that uh, Spotify had a separate listener section. So while I thought the podcast was doing uh, good, it, it's actually doing great. Share it with your friends. Um, because on Spotify, the listenership is huge. Uh, but um, yeah, thanks to everybody who reached out. I'll kind of go over this. So um, Willie. The, the first one, and, and Willie reached out to me yesterday morning, uh, and I told him, hey, I just recorded the podcast, so let me go over it tomorrow. But CrowdStrike, uh, you guys remember Palo Alto, I think, reported on Tuesday. They had a killer, a killer quarter. It was up 10%. Um, Palo Alto was, I think, down yesterday. It might, I don't know. It may have been up. It's up about 1%. It's at 560. They announced a three-for-one stock split. Let's see. Um, that will take place on September 14th. Um, they announced a huge buyback. There is a huge gap up here from 512 to 552 on my chart. The RSI is at 70. I would not buy this right now. Um, and I say that with Ron Barron on CNBC this morning saying this is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity to buy in to uh, two stocks, essentially. So, And Ron Barron essentially said, I wrote it down, I'm looking for it right now, um, a generational time to buy stocks like every other pullback we've seen. So he's talking 2000, 2008, um, 2018, um, 2012, I think it was. But essentially he says, hey, 
it, it's a time where the S&P, um, let's look at SPY. Let's look at their forward PE. SPY, it doesn't give me forward PE. Um, but, I, you know, essentially year to date, the, the SPY is down 12%. So um, it's an opportunity to buy. Pan W just huge, huge run up here. I, I would not buy it, like I said, at, at some point in time. I think you'll have a chance to buy it at an equivalent of 535. Whether that's before or after the split um, depends on what Jay Powell says yesterday. And I talked about this. The markets have been doing nothing and will do nothing until Jay Powell talks tomorrow. So your cruise lines like Norwegian, let's see. Um, Norwegian Cruise Line. Uh, NCLH is their symbol. Uh, I forgot it for a moment. You're out of it, but yesterday, let's see. NCLH. Uh, let's close this down on Active Trader Pro. Um, yesterday's range was $12.88 to $14. It's going to open up at about $14.13. Um, Ford is one that I actually noticed. Uh, they actually wound up uh, killing it on their stock yesterday. It was 524 to 566, and it's opening up at that high range today. So percentage-wise, not huge, um, but you could have gotten it down in the 15s yesterday, and you're probably getting get it up to the 16s in the next week or so. Um, I do think that Ford has a run coming at it, and, and it's all hype. There is no catalyst whatsoever. In fact, uh, Ford uh, has you out of the in the algorithm right now. And essentially, it was a July 7th buy-in at 11.56. I know I went over this going into earnings. Uh, I said it was a hype play. The Ford F-150 is going to be huge. The electric, the lightning. Um, this is a 32% gain on this, uh, this run right here. The average win on Ford is 21% in the algorithm. The algorithm makes you 74% over 1,000 candles, over that same 1,000 candles. Buying and holding made you 125%. So buying and holding Ford makes sense. Do you really want to buy and hold it? If you look at a 20-year chart of Ford, you don't. 100% you don't. Um, I'd take that 74% any day. You just don't want to buy and hold this one. They're just... Uh, I think Jim Farley is turning it around. It's a good turnaround story, um, but still wouldn't want to buy and hold it. So let's look at CrowdStrike for Willie because I told him that I would. I personally own CrowdStrike uh, and I own it in my, let me make sure I'm saying this right. I own CrowdStrike in my portfolio, my brokerage, not my IRA. This is one that I do trade. Uh, I am up 6% on this one. I have $10,000 worth of it. I'm sorry, $11,000 worth of it. Uh, today, it's worth $12,000. It's up 6.34%. Um, I have traded this one um, uh, several times. I have not done well with this one uh, in that I probably have held this $11,000 one way too long. My average purchase price is $183. Um, my average purchase price should be somewhere in the probably 150 range. Um, but on the algorithm, uh, CrowdStrike got you out August 22nd with a 3% gain. It was a buy-in on August 1st at 180. 
Uh, I've continued, I, I think I'm, I, I don't know that I've gone over this one because it has been one of my personal holdings that I haven't traded well. Um, and part of the reason is just because this 200 day, um, it, it's kind of floundered around here. And the 200 day right now is at 184. The stock is trading at 198. Uh, it is up almost 2% in the pre-market. Uh, when it gets to that 200 mark, I will probably sell. The earnings are coming up on August 30th. Now, Palo Alto blew away the earnings. Uh, do I think CrowdStrike will? I don't know. But here's one I know about CrowdStrike, and this is part of the reason why I don't bring it up. Willie is a more advanced trader. He knows about PE. He knows about earnings. He does his homework. Uh, I'm not afraid of him. What I'm afraid of are those people who listen to people on the internet like me and, oh, I'm going to buy CrowdStrike because Gary owns it. No, don't buy it because I own it. Uh, CrowdStrike is at 194. This company is not making money. The forward PE is 109. Performance year to date, you are down 5% year to date. In one year, um, you are down 26%. Performance for six months, you're up 20%. Performance for the quarter, you're up 39%. Performance for just the one month, you're up 15%. So it's been a very volatile stock where you can lose or you can win. But CrowdStrike as a whole, I would trade it. I would not own it. And do not own this unless you know when to get out. August 30th are the earnings. It's post-market, I believe. They usually do post-market. Yeah, they do post-market. Um, and it's August 30th. Now, there's a clear, clear volume shelf right here at 170. There's a clear volume shelf at 180. And there's a clear volume shelf at 190. And those are just estimates, but there are clear, uh, clear volume shelves. The largest is at 170, which means if these guys don't make earnings, do I think 170 is in the play? Absolutely. And remember, they are not making money. That forward PE of 109. Just to give you an, an idea, Palo Alto Networks, which is their competition, which is also not making money, their forward PE is 61. If you are not familiar with candlesticks, with understanding moving averages, with understanding MACD uh, by Palo Alto, if you want to get into the, the cybersecurity space, buy Palo Alto. Uh, it has been a, a far better runner than, than, uh, than CrowdStrike, but CrowdStrike is a significantly higher cost to you per share. And that's what PE means. So, Willie, do I think you can trade CrowdStrike? It's a little bit no man's land right now. The MACD is kind of crossing up. Um, if you're in this one, I would probably wait to get it at about 180, between 185 and 182. Now, I say that you've only got a couple of days here. Next week is when the earnings are, August 30th. So I don't know that you'll be able to get it before earnings. I also don't know if earnings are going to be a positive thing for this company. Uh, Palo Alto just blew it away. They are a much better run company than CrowdStrike. Do, uh, CrowdStrike saw that pop with Palo Alto. Um, they were trading at about 185 and they've popped up to about 198 here with Palo Alto going up. So, um, Willie, take your chances on it. I, I like your thought pattern where Palo Alto blew it away. Let's see what, what CrowdStrike does. Personally, I'm going to hold through earnings just because um, unless it gets above the 200 mark. If it gets above the 200 mark before earnings, which probably will, 
um, I might contemplate selling and I might just do what I did with Tesla, which is sell half the lot, which you know what that means. Uh, that means that it's going to pop like crazy, just like Tesla did. So uh, I'm one of those traders that, by the way, whenever I do something, the, the market acts completely in reverse. Uh, let's talk about the Tesla split. I completely did not mention this, uh, but I thought it. Uh, the Tesla split is three for one, and it happened overnight. There are people waking up this morning, and if you don't listen to my podcast, I am sure you, and, and you don't understand moving averages. I've been talking about the split. I don't know if people listen to me about splits, um, but if you're one of these people that woke up this morning and said, ooh, Tesla's cheap. It crashed overnight. No, nah, it's split. Split three for one. So it's trading at about 300. Uh, if you go and look at the chart on Tesla, uh, all charts should be updated, meaning that the, the price shouldn't matter. Moving averages are the same. It just, you know, splits three for one. There's nothing um, indicating that, you know, hey, it ran up in value. But the algorithm has you out. The MACD is kind of crossing down. The RSI is in no man's land at 51. Um, I, I don't particularly like this stock to buy here. Uh, I think you're going to have a low, uh, lower opportunity, and I think it does matter. The, te the uh, Twitter um, uh, issue will matter in this. Um, there is a clear volume shelf here at about 257, and there's a gap between 248 and 254. And again, this is a four-hour chart I'm talking about. The volumes have been trending down, so I don't, you know, it, that's just because we're outside of earnings. There's no real catalyst. Their next earnings are coming up October 19th. Um, that's a ways away. So as far as catalysts go, there's not a whole hell of a lot of catalysts. Um, you know, you do have uh, end-of-month deliveries, I think. Um, you know, to China, maybe opening up again. Uh, who knows? But as far as Tesla goes, I should have mentioned this because I actually thought about this. It's up 2% in pre-market. Most of that 2% is probably people waking up going, ooh, it's on sale. Let me buy it. Well, uh, the, the historical, and, and I've, I've, I've looked at this last night, historically around splits, uh, Tesla trades up. Just as simple as that. I think the last split was August 2020 where it split five for one. Um, and if I go back into, let's look at a daily chart of Tesla on TrendSpider. <clears throat> and if we go back to August, 2020, uh, let me pull this all the way back. Um, yeah. So uh, it was, I think it was late in August. It ran up into this. It kind of traded for the next month in a flat line, uh, ironically, and I will tell you, I'll post this on, on, um, let me write down a note for myself. I'm going to post, uh, post Tesla chart showing split in August, 2020. I will show you it's super similar to what you're seeing right now. Whereas it ran up, uh, it kind of was flat when it was announced. It ran up. Now, the difference is that this one was well announced uh, back in June. Um, and you saw it kind of trade sideways from September 1st to 
to November 13th. So for one month, you saw it kind of trade sideways. Didn't go way up, didn't go way down, just kind of traded sideways. But then one month later, you just shot up and, and you've continued to go up. It's kind of where you're looking at now. Uh, again, historic performance doesn't um, indicate it. This was a five for one split on August 31st. Um, so it doesn't indicate future performance, but it's an interesting one. Uh, but I should have mentioned it yesterday because I do think that people um, kind of woke up this morning and said, ooh, look at that. Uh, Intuit, which I do not own, uh, but I've mentioned here before, I use TurboTax. Um, I think a lot of people who are DIY folks use TurboTax. <clears throat> the algorithm, uh, ironically, got you out right before earnings on August 22nd at about 448. You're at 465 right now. Um, this has been a downward trending stock, a big downward trending stock that has just turned flat. You make no mistake about it. This trend is not upwards. Um, the, the, this is just a simple, Hey, we're over the 200 day. Now over 200 days, a bullish sense. Um, there is a clear, clear 427, uh, volume shelf here. Um, there is one at about 453, which might provide some support level here. Uh, but the catalyst here is the dividend October 7th. So you've got tons and tons of time. Now their earnings were okay at $1.10 per, per share. Um, the RSI is in no man's land. I wouldn't recommend this. The only reason I bring this up is because my dad owns this. Um, it's been crazy good for him over the year. The algorithm makes you 21%. The average win is 9.45%. The buying and holding over a thousand candles makes you 35%. So my algorithm does work on this one. It's just, you know, you have 10 wins, 15 losses. Uh, this one has had quite a run from 400 all the way up here. And it got you right out before earnings with an 11% gain, which you could have gotten out at about 480 with that button hook like I talk about a lot uh, out there. Let's look at a podcast favorite, DRV. This is the triple levered uh, real estate short, which I mentioned um, had a MACD cross up here on August uh, 17th at $35. You at $41. So you have made your 10%. You're starting to get a little dovetail here, a little button hook. Um, the algorithm still has you in. That nine day is flying up. Uh, it's still got confirmation. Uh, the death cross of the 50-day under the 200-day did happen on August 15th, but that's right around when uh, the MACD crossed up. So um, if, if I were you, um, you know, Jay, Jay Powell speaks tomorrow. We don't know when it, where that's going. He could come out and say, yeah, we're going to continue to do 75-point rate hikes all the way through uh, next year. Um, that would probably push the market down. Um, that's just my guess. Uh, there has been some Fed folks talking to CNBC who have said, uh, yeah, we're still seeing supply chain issues where uh, demand is outweighing supply and we have to, to kill that demand by increasing rates. Uh, that would mean DRV goes up. So, uh, you know, again, uh, there's this little dovetail. I, I would put a uh, probably a 10% stop loss on this one. Whereas if you bought it at 35, um, put a stop loss in at 30, 38.50. That way you got 10% in your, in your, in your pocket. Um, Peloton. Let's talk about Peloton. 
um, they're down on earnings this morning. And I had a friend, she wound up, I texted her, I think right after I got the podcast done, I was trying to post the podcast and do some, um, some of the story on the podcast and, and post it on Twitter. But what's interesting is I texted her and I said, Ooh, Peloton looks good. It looks real good. Um, and I, like I said, the algorithm got you out with an 18% gain on this one. They came in with earnings and it was disappointing. Uh, well, the stock is down, back down to where it was yesterday uh, on open. Uh, so hopefully my friend got rid of it. I think she did. I think she made about 10, 15%. Um, but hopefully she did. It's got a 12% short interest. The 10-day volume is 21 million. The 90-day is 13 million. Again, there's a lot of volume um, push towards this name. Uh, what they're doing is just overview. And, and, and again, this is macro. They are taking an Apple approach where they are the brand and they will get out of manufacturing. The issue they've had is their manufacturing has not been good. Um, they've had issues with the engineering of the, the bike. They've had issues with the engineering of their treadmill. And some of their returned um, uh, pieces of equipment have just been horrible to the point where they can't resell them. They've got warehouses full of these things. They signed a deal with Amazon. Amazon most likely purchased a bunch of those bikes to sell um, at a probable di discount, I would say, or they're doing rev share. I don't know exactly what the deal is, but there are 500,000 searches on Amazon for Peloton. Now, I don't know how many of those people wind up purchasing a Peloton hack bike like I did. I bought a Sunny bike. Uh, I bought some, uh, uh, God, I forget, with some sensors, uh, Caden sensors, because all of the classes on Peloton are taught with sensor, uh, Cadence. So I, uh, I bought some Cadence sensors, um, and I use my phone instead of my iPad. And I literally watch TV because I can't stand the, uh, the instructor screaming at me, you can do it, you can do it. I don't need positive reinforcement. I just need you to tell me how to ride, when to ride, and how hard to push. That's it. Um, don't cheer me on. But uh, Peloton, I like this stock. Um, their earnings per share, they lost five, $5 per share. Uh, they are a small cap $4 billion company. They were a significant player in the exercise uh, realm. They had a 52-week high last year. Uh, it was $120. Let's look at a weekly chart of Peloton. Uh, just for shits and giggles. A weekly chart of Peloton shows that you do have some strength on the bounce. The MACD is crossing up. The RSI is at 39. And you would be trending in the positive direction. Now, it hasn't changed. There, by the way, on a weekly, there's not even a 200-day moving average on this. That's how new this stock is. Uh, but they do have a turnaround story. And there is a significant volume shelf here at 15. Um, I think that's where you could play at 13 to 15. Uh, between 20 and 15, there's no man's land. So you'd have to build up a volume shelf at that point. Um, the significant the people who are holding are holding at 33. That's where most people are holding this stock. Um, so most people are in the red on this stock. Just kind of a thought. Again, look at your weekly. Look at your daily charts. Look at the volume indications as to where people are holding. Um, I like it. NVIDIA released earnings. They pre-announced. You knew it was going to be bad. Um, people were hoping that it wasn't as bad as they put it. 
it was as bad as they put it. Uh, the algorithm has you out of this one. Their uh, ex-dividend date is September 7th. Their RSI is down at 30, 40. Um, the MACD is crossing down. It may cross up here in the next. I would say anything under 170 in NVIDIA is probably your target. And again, I don't know that that's a trading range. I just know for long term, you're probably good on that one. Now, if you look at NVIDIA, uh, they do have the technology of the chip makers. Their forward PE is 31. Their PE is 46. You look at a company like Qualcomm, who is currently um, uh, doing full self-driving uh, for Volkswagen. They have the 5G chips that Apple is going to, you know, Apple failed in making. Uh, their forward PE is 10. The PE is 12. Uh, I would probably rather own Qualcomm in the short term. Uh, if you are in your 20s, which a lot of you are, uh, and you're, you know, in my 20s, did I buy Apple in my 20s? No, I bought Apple in my 30s. So I bought Apple in my 30s. And Apple has made me um, uh, the large majority of my fortune in jet that I just bought, bought and held. Uh, NVIDIA could be that company for you right now. Um, that's how good their technology is in the chip sector. Uh, the problem is that PE, they're going to have to continue to perform the way they have. Now you're down 41% year to date. Uh, for over the last year, you're down 20%. Uh, just in this quarter, you're up 6%. This has gotten no love, no love whatsoever. Um, the, the latest downgrade came from Craig Hallium, Hallam. Uh, buy and hold, he puts a $180 price target on it. So you don't have much upside for what they think is, is available. Now, Qualcomm, let's look at Qualcomm's. Uh, Qualcomm is trading at 141 and the price targets here, the most recent is 150 um, DZ Bank moved it from buy to hold. Uh, Edward Jones upgraded this one from a hold to buy, but they didn't really put a price target on it. July 15th, if we look at July 15th, it was trading around 150, but they didn't put a price target on it. Um, most of these folks that have a price target on Qualcomm, it's around 250 or so, but they're quite dated. Um, again, the latest one is 150 in April. Uh, SMBC uh, moved it to 155, but you've got a 2.21% dividend with this one. So I like Qualcomm over NVIDIA. But I think for you folks in your 20s, if you want to take, you know, a couple hundred bucks, thousand dollars, whatever you want, um, you know, my initial buy on Apple was seven thousand uh, dollars, and and that was a lot of money for me back then uh, to put into one stock. But I did it. Today it is worth a substantial amount of money. Uh, so, um, let's look at. I've got a couple of people who asked me to look at stuff. Uh, Luana, I think is how you say her name, from Brazil. Um, let's see. Uh, she wants to, me to look at Mercado Libre. Um, and Mercado Libre, this is one that uh, it is symbol M-E-L-I. So let me pull it up in Invis first. And this, I'm going to take you through my, my research so you can see this. Now, um, uh, Mercado Libre is losing money. Simple as that. It's a, you can see it right on the PE and the forward PE is it's in red. 
and, and they're losing money. Um, 52-week low, you're 49% above the 52-week low. You're 54% above the 52-week high. So you're trading right in the middle range uh, on this one. Um, their forward PE is 77. The PE is 189. Uh, just so you guys know, the Melly is, is kind of, um, it's called the Amazon of Latin America. And that's where it is. Now, the Amazon of Latin America is actually more expensive than Amazon. Amazon has a forward PE of 56 and a, a PE of 120. Again, Melly's PE is 189 and a forward PE of 77. So you look at these, these two companies, which ones would you want to buy? Melly or uh, Amazon? Which one has more ability to kind of do this? Uh, Mercado Libre operates online. And my apologies if I am just butchering any of these Spanish names because uh, I had I ran call centers in Guatemala before and those folks tried to teach me Spanish and I would just destroy it. Um, it operates Mercado Libre Marketplace, um, an automated online commerce platform. And Luana basically said, hey, I said, why, why are you interested in this one? And she said, well, I used to use it when I was um, in Latin America. I've started investing and I thought it was a good thing. Now, uh, here's what I would say. And this is, I'm not looking at stock charts. I'm looking at fundamentals. This is just me using Finviz. And I look at Melly. Now, let me try and let me look up uh, Infidelity um, because I talk about Fidelity a lot. And Fidelity has all the tools that Finviz has. Um, it's just not in the same exact place. But if I look at Melly and I look at their uh, comparisons, and I go, well, I should say, I go into Fidelity. And I'm just on Fidelity.com. And I typed in Melly into the, the search and it, I'd look up comparisons. Uh, you look at the, uh, the competitors. The industry average for PE is 87. Um, the, uh, beta on Melly is 2.48. And remember how I said one is like super, super volatile. Uh, industry average is 1.18. So it's kind of in a, a rather, um, uh, internet and direct marketing is what it is. So <laughs> the first competitor it has is Microsoft. The Melly has a 127 PE. Microsoft has 27. Now, the PE for Microsoft is 2,908, according to uh, uh, Fidelity. So, <laughs> Amazon's just crazy. I, I don't know why it's like that, but it is. Uh, eBay has 11.25. Western Union, it's got IT services at 8. I don't think these competitors are good at all. F this example. Um, but I don't know that I'd necessarily do Melly. Let me look at, so when I see those kinds of crazy, uh, fundamental numbers, I, I kind of go to the algorithm. And again, you guys don't, a lot of you guys don't have access to my algorithm. Um, if you ask me about a stock, I'll tell you whether it's in or out. If you're in a stock and you want to know whether to get in or out, I'll tell you what the algorithm says. Uh, Melly is an interesting one when I looked it up in the algorithm because here's the thing the algorithm makes you 17% over a thousand candles all that means is that over the last what 500 trading days because it's two uh candles per trading day 
over the last 500 trading days, which is almost two years, um, you've gotten 17%. Now you had 12 wins and 15 losses. So it's almost even 27 positions total, 12 wins, 15 losses. Your average win was 9.57%. Your average loss was 5.7%. Now, here's the killer. If you would have just bought and held uh, Melly, Melly would have lost you 25%. So in a high beta circumstance like Melly, the algorithm 100% makes sense. In fact, uh, their earnings were just August 3rd, and they made $2.43 per share. So I'm sorry, they are making money. Um, but July 18th was uh, the, the buy at $700. Uh, the algorithm has this obvious button hook right after earnings. If you would have gotten out on um, August 12th, you would have gotten out at 1000 That's almost uh, 50%. 40% something. The algorithm got you out on August 22nd with a 25% gain. So you could have made even more money by understanding, hey, there's a button hook here. They gapped way up on earnings because the earnings blew it away and they're coming back down. They've covered that gap that they just had with earnings. The pop up here, if you look at this four hour chart, you'll see that morning they popped up. They've immediately come back down. Uh, you do have a positive in the golden cross of the 50-day crossing up over the 200 on August 18th. Um, it does look like the 200 days providing support here at 864. If you are going to trade this and you do not understand moving averages, here is my suggestion. Uh, and this is specifically for Luana. I think you could get this around the 850 mark. The 200-day is right, I'm sorry, not 850, uh, 870 mark. The 200-day is right around 860 right now. That's where my 200-day on a four-hour chart is, 860. There is a clear volume shelf here at 818. If you were to trade this one, I think you could get it around the 870 mark uh, at some point in time over the next week. That would be where I would tell you to buy. I would tell you to have a stop loss here at around 8.30. Do not look, go under 8.30 because if you go under 8.30, the next volume shelf that you've got is 7.33. And we've seen from July, June and July, this stock can easily go back down to the 700s. Um, and that's just on the algorithm. That's based on the algorithm right there. Now, based on the daily, I think you could the, the volume shelf is right around 8.30. This kind of does hold. Now, here's what I see on the daily. And this is the dangerous part. And this is why you go from a four-hour to a daily. When I look at this daily chart, the 200-day is trending downward. So you make no mistake about it. This is a downward-trending stock. This is not something that I would lead you into. Hey, this is a long-term investment opportunity. You don't do that. You just don't. This company is not that good that it's a long-term investment opportunity. You look at just two quarters ago, back in February, they lost 92 cents a share. Uh, it's too volatile, too crazy. 2.8 beta is just, hey, it's too much out there. But on the daily, you basically broke through the 200 and it couldn't hold. And so I don't, th and it has covered the gap from earnings. 
of about 893 up to 976. So it covered that gap that it had um, around the August 3rd earnings because it did blow it away. The volume's coming down. The MACD is trending down. Um, the, the RSI is in no man's land. I don't necessarily think that it, this is a good buy right now based on the daily chart. But if you wanted to trade it, um, you know, I, I do think that you look for that 870 mark and you, uh, you put, put it in at, uh, let me see, what's Melly trading for right now? I'm putting it into Active Trader Pro. Oh, and of course, um, it doesn't want to come up. Uh, let's look at Melly. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's not coming up. It's trading around the 911. It, it took off in pre-market from about 800 to 911. So um, it's caught up for something. Is there news? Let me look at Finviz. Uh, three stocks to buy while they are on sale. Motley Fool. She read about, that's the article she read yesterday. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay for Finviz. Um, again, uh, Mercado Libre, recent market value of 50 million. Many have likened it to Amazon and eBay. Um, yeah, again, revenue popped 56%. It's a highly volatile stock. Uh, right now, I would say with the morning candle the way that it is, um, let's run the strategy tester again. I'm going to run this to get a fresh candle with the way that it is. Yeah, I would, I just can't believe that this is going for another run. The MACD may be crossing up here, uh, in the next, God, it's, you're about a week away from that MACD crossing up. I'd stay away from it again. Jay Powell speaks tomorrow. Maybe I'll look at it tomorrow for you, Luana. But um, I do think it's getting a pop from probably that Motley Fool article that you read. Hopefully that's a good enough uh, explanation for you. Again, this volume, what, what really scares me about this is the clear volume shelf around 830. It just seems like people aren't necessarily holding this at a higher, uh, a higher value. So you could see a rug pull. Um, people might say as it starts to go down, ooh, I don't want to hold this all the way through and all the way down. Uh, that's just my guess. So Luana, uh, that's keep up with me on that one. Oh, by the way, she had mentioned that she had bought Cleveland Cliffs and heard me say it about it on a, um, a recent podcast. And Cliffs, let's look at Cliffs, because um, I did have a cross up this morning on Freeport. Uh, Cliffs, you are out. You're not back in, but is it? Ooh, that's coming close. Uh, probably in the next day or two, you're gonna have a MACD cross up. Hmm. But make no mistake about it, this is still a negative trending stock. Um, there is a clear volume shelf here at 15, um, the volume shelf at 17. There are no volume shelves above this thing that say, okay, we've got more people that, that really want to hang on. There's a volume shelf here at 22, um, but it's, it's clearly not something that's going to drag the stock up. I think the volume shelf here at 15 is clearly going to start bringing it down, but Cliffs is a good one. Kudos. Hopefully you made money on that one. Um, Luana, Apple, uh, trend spider posted this Apple is their post was bearish MACD cross for the first time in over three months. Now it does have that button hook. And I told you Apple with that button hook got you out yesterday with a MACD cross down, 
but this was a 24% gain on that run. Apple's average win is 7%. Again, the algorithm makes you 37% on Apple. Buying and holding makes you 33%. There is no reason to actually trade Apple, but the algorithm actually works on this one. Uh, 25 positions within 1,000 candles, 11 wins, 14 losses. The problem is, again, this algorithm is optimized. So when I say that it makes you 37%, you would have had to time it almost perfectly to make that. Now, sometimes when the, the like 134 was the buy-in on this one, um, there was a time where you could buy it right after at 130. So the algorithm's not optimized to where it's not, uh, you know, it's buying in at the absolute bottom. It's just optimized where the MACD crosses and the two moving averages, the 9 and the 21 are crossing as well. So it's not perfect, but again, you have that button hook and at 24%, it got you out. Now, uh, that's the first time uh, on a dip, what uh, TrendSpider's talking about with the MACD cross down is the daily. And it did have it, it looks like on the 22nd. So a few days ago, it had it. it it's using the, right now it's using the 21 day of support. The 200 days at 161. I think if Jay Powell comes out tomorrow and says something slightly hawkish, I think you could use that as support. Um, but again, the RSI is in no man's land. It's high at 60. Um, the MACD is way up there. To have the S&P come down, uh, you will need Apple to come down. It's as simple as that. This is the market, market leader in that respect. Um, next one that I wanted to look at is for Carl Jensen in Denmark. I think he's, he's in Europe. I think it's Denmark. Uh, he wrote to me. He listens on Anchor. I think he listens or Spotify. Um, he wants to hear about Danish Pharma Novo Nordisk. Let me look that up. I don't even know what the uh, Nordisk. Um, NVO. NVO is the symbol. Uh, let's look at this one. They just announced earnings. The algorithm has you in. This one's messy, Carl. Um, the algorithm makes you 5%. Buying and holding this one makes you 65%. The average win on this one is 6.17. Um, I'm looking at this from a trade perspective. The algorithm has you in at 108.50. Now you're trading at 109.67. To make your 10%, you'd have to be up at um, 120, about 120. Um, that's a big move for this one. Uh, NVO, let me look at NVO. On Finbits, NVO, Novo Nordisk. Uh, their PE is 36, forward PE is 3. Um, performance year to date, they're outperforming. They're only down 1.7%. Performance in one year, 6%. Uh, Morgan Stanley just upgraded them equal weight. The only dollar amount is from April 25th, and the only analyst that puts it in there is at 130. Um, August 21st and post positive data studies from diabetes. And that's what Carl was mentioning is that there's this diabetes, um, drug that they have and the trial, the phase two study evaluated, um, and it was positive. 
these things trade biopharma stocks trade crazy on on news like that. I don't see anything. Let me look at the daily on this one to see kind of and look at the the problem with this one, Carl, that I see is there are so many gaps. Um, there's a gap here between 109 and 112. Um, you're trading right at 109 right now. I think it'll cover that on the way up. But do I want to put some money thinking that this is just going to cover that gap? There are way more gaps. Um, and this one was just covered on the way down. Um, about 99 to 100, it was covered right at their earnings on August 3rd on the way down. So it would have been great to get this under 100. Um, the volume shelves, even when I pull this all the way back to November 5th, you're right within this volume shelf. There is nothing that pulls this up. The bottom of the volume shelf is right here at about 103. Um, the absolute bottom is 100. When you dip below 100, that's where you get kind of a catalyst to bring it back up um, is because there's so many people holding this at about 100. Right now, I don't think that this would be, this wouldn't be one that I would put some money into unless for some reason you think that that diabetic drug is going to take off. Now, long-term, when I go back to 2021, this was a $70 stock. It's up 30% or almost 50% to 110, 119. So um, I do think that you have an opportunity here um, from a long-term perspective, but uh, if that diabetes drug pans out, their earnings just seem to be kind of in the 84 um, to 90 realm of recent, uh, which is up, but their stock has been up. So when I look at this daily, the 200 days moving up and it's using the 200 day as support. Um, if you shrink in the 200 day, it is right at the 200 day, which is, it's just above it, 108. So my take on Novodisc, Carl, is I think there's better opportunities out there for your money. Uh, one of those opportunities is CRM, which uh, I own. I own a small position in CRM at a significantly higher price, I should say. Let me go back and see where my, uh, my CRM is. Uh, I'm way up, by the way. Uh, yeah, the NASDAQ is up half a percent. I am up, do, do, do. I'm typically beating the NASDAQ. Yeah, I'm up almost 1%, 0.9. Um, my CRM, I have it in a Roth IRA. It is $7,000 uh, that, that I purchased it for. It's currently worth $5,800. My purchase price was $220. It ain't going back to $220 anytime soon. But I do believe in Salesforce. Um, it would be interesting if Salesforce actually made a play for Zoom because then Salesforce would have Slack, which is equal to Teams. Uh, they would also have um, a video conferencing service, which is equal to Teams as well. So I, I think Salesforce could come in and do that type of deal. Now, uh, my algorithm loses you 15%. Uh, over a 1,000 candles, buying and holding loses you 32%. The problem is this is not a super volatile stock. Average win is only 6%. Average loss is 3%. Your wins out of 27 positions is only nine. So I wouldn't use the algorithm on this one. I think this is more of a buy and hold. Um, I think you buy into weakness here. And I do think you have a bottom shelf here between 150 
and 160. Um, I, I think if this one dips down 166, if you're holding for five years, are you going to be upset that you bought it at 166 versus 160? I don't think so. Um, but if you want to throw it in long term on this one, I am a, a believer long term in this one. Uh, I, again, I'm not selling that 220 mark to try and make some money. Uh, I, I'm kind of holding just because I, I still think that it's worth it. Um, I will probably dollar cost average into this one. Uh, at some point in time, I just don't have a lot of money in my Roth IRA to do that. So I've got to make some room. Maybe I'll start selling some Apple. My Apple is up 262% in my Roth IRA, which I have traded. I have traded. Oh, I'm sorry. I have not traded. Uh, my Roth IRA, I basically got it out. Ugh, what was it? the Roth IRA was my Roth 401k. So when I left my job in January 2020, I wound up getting it rolled over. I immediately bought Apple. So what's that? Two years, uh, two and a half years, 262%. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so that's my Salesforce. Snowflake is another one that I own. And ironically, Snowflake is interesting because um, I own this in an IRA. Uh, my average versus price is 185. And... <laughs> It just got up there with like a, what's Snowflake up? Like 20% today. Um, it's up 16% today uh, and it's trending back down. I might take some profits on this one, but probably the best tech quarter of the year, um, Snowflake. So I think anything under 200 is a great buy on this one. I think this one runs. Uh, they had crazy good quarter with customer growth, contract growth. Everything that you could look at, every metric was good, other than the fact that they're losing money. But you know that they're going to lose money. And it's super expensive. It's got to grow into this. So let me look at my notes real quick. Tesla, Cruise Lines, Intuit, Luana, Carl, Willie. Um, okay, let's go into, uh, I'm going to look at some of these uh, the, the scans. Well, the first scan that I'm going to look at is FCX, and FCX is Freeport McNamara. I kind of mentioned Cleveland Cliffs. Um, we've seen uh, commodities, specifically FCX. Freeport is a mining business, and they mine in commodities. And you just had a cross uh, down uh, where you got out with 4% uh, all the way from July 7th to August 23rd. And it's just traded in this no man's land. Um, commodities have started going up. They will go down with fears of recession. I just, I, I, you had a MACD cross up here at 3133. It is clear that that is right where um, the, the shelf is, the volume shelf. The next volume shelf up is at 37. Do I think this one's going from 31 to 37? it's being drawn up to the 200 day. Again, if I look at a daily on this one, um, the 200 day is significantly up there at 39 on a daily. Uh, you've got a gap down, a gap up that was created um, right after the uh, dividend. And it was from 26 to 27. Um, their earnings are coming up October 19th. So there is no catalyst that's coming up here at all. Uh, it 
it came up on a scan. I've liked it before. That's what I said I'd be doing. Another one that I like that came up on a scan is deer. The problem is this one has had such a run. You'd be in $299. You're at $385. $299 was July 7th. Um, you've had a crazy run. The RSI is at 78. I, don't, I would not say buy this one. It's over the 200 day. You've got a clear volume shelf here at 368. Um, but you've got all the confirmation in the world for this one to continue running. And it had, you know, again, what's called a double MACD cross up in my world. I don't know that there's an official term for it. But while it's in this run in the algorithm, it crossed up again. So it's got some momentum up. Um, another energy one, HESM, H-E-S-M. This is the midstream version of HES. Uh, HESM, you had a buy-in here at $29.72 on August 11th. You're at $30.47. It hasn't moved much. Um, my guess is that it's going to the next volume at 31. This is a double MACD cross-up, so it's got some, some bullishness to it. Um, I probably wouldn't buy it. The one that I, I did like today was KHC, Kraft Heinz. And this is a staple. Uh, if you go into any of your restaurants, any of your grocery stores, Kraft Heinz is a part of that, that kind of thing. It may have crossed up just because this is the ex-dividend date. And it paid the dividend and it went down and it came right back up. So you're at about 38.68 right now, which is where it's trading. The MACD August 4th was a cross up. This is a cross up within the run. 37.28 and you're at 30, $38. You got your dividend. The catalyst is earnings on October 25th. So I, I like the stock. I think you can get back to 40 on this one. Um, it's a good stock to hold especially through uh, what may be a recession. Um, energy stocks, COP, ConocoPhillips, uh, still in this run. Uh, I told you I'd tell you when to get out. Uh, it is crazy how strong this run is. But COP, uh, you were in at $87. Uh, you are running, I'm just going to move this so I can see it. You are running today up at 111. Crazy good move. Uh, next is Devon Energy. I got asked which energy stocks I'm in. Well, I'm in Devon. I think I have 10,000, 15,000 in Devon. Um, it's still got confirmation. The $60 buy on August 10th uh, is still in an upward trend. There is no coming back on this one right now. I, I wouldn't buy into it, but I won't sell out of it either. Oxy, which I talked about potentially getting out of because there was a potential button hook. Holy cow, there wasn't a button hook. This one's roaring. Uh, Buy-in at $63 on August 10th. Um, it's at 75. The ex, uh, the ex-dividend date is September 9th. Running right into that one. Uh, Exxon. I think Exxon had a recent cross-up. Um, I, I think this one, I think it's going to run over 100 and run into some resistance. That seems to be where it goes, is 100. And then it runs into resistance, like in June. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. It's still got great confirmation. Uh, I would not buy into any of these names right now. Hopefully you're in them. Uh, if you're in them, I don't know that I'd necessarily get out of them because they do have such strong confirmation. Uh, CVX, which was a buy-in at 136, you're at 164. Um, yeah, 
Fang, which has been a, a phenomenal one. Um, a phenomenal run. 108 was the buy-in, July 15th. You're at 137. It's a crazy, crazy move. Um, but those are your energy plays. Those are the energy plays that I like. Uh, let's look at, we talked about Baba yesterday having a 90-day, $90 kind of pivot. Well, you're at 95 this morning. You had the MACD cross up at 87.90 two days ago, or yesterday, I'm sorry, yesterday morning. So, gapped up. Yeah, you got a nice move. Don't tell me. Don't tell anyone I didn't tell you. Uh, Baba was a good one. And, and I told you yesterday, eh, I hate the Chinese names, but anything under 90, buy it. Anything over 90, I'd probably sell it. I'll probably start doing that with Baba. Uh, App Harvest. We talked about it yesterday with the MACD cross up. $3.12. It's selling at $3.13. Um, it got all the way up to $3.30. Uh, yesterday afternoon, or I'm sorry, today. Let's see, let's see what it's trading at right now. APPA. I love this business, hate the stock. You're at 313, 313, 312 is your buy in. You had crazy, it went all the way up to um, 333 yesterday. So you could have made your 10%. Um, yeah, yeah, made your 10% and gotten out. Um, UNH and Costco. Let's look at those two. Uh, do, 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 and then I'm going to be done because I've given you enough. Again, we're waiting for um, CF Industries and Mosaic. I need to look at those. Uh, but uh, United Health, we had a MACD cross down and you only had a 0.93% gain. This one's kind of sinking. I, I think there's a gap here. That might get filled 505 to 510. Again, it depends on what Jay Powell says. I just think it, it's too high. It's too expensive. Their, their catalyst is the, the dividend date on September 9th, but they don't have their next earnings. I think you'll see this dip down, back down into the low fives to cover that gap. Uh, just, a, just a thought. Costco, which is another state, should be a staple in your portfolio. Um, still running, it's gotten the button hook. So I think you'll get out of it. But that, that buy-in at 459 on June 22nd was crazy good because you've run up here all the way. The MACD is kind of crossing down the, the RSI is at 44. Uh, my guess is that you're going to use that 50 day and the 50 day is right at about 538. And I think that's where you'll close today. Um, the, the ex-dividend date, or I'm sorry, the earnings date is September 22nd. So you've got a while on this one. Um, let's look at SPG. We haven't looked at SPG in a while. I think it's been a couple of days. Uh, the MACD did cross down and it's just trading sideways. Their ex-dividend date is September 8th and they do have a significant dividend. Let's see. SPG's dividend is 6.56% on a yearly basis. And you've hit this trend line. If you look at, okay, go to finviz.com, type in Simon Property Group SPG, and you look, it's got a clear trend line. This is still a downward trending stop, but they've hit a double bottom back in uh, June and then in July. And my guess is that you're going to see that double bottom as well. Uh, I think you're going to probably trade down to about 103. Uh, that would be my guess on this one. 
if you want to trade this one. So natural gas is still going crazy, by the way. Uh, let's look at Boyle. Did it have the button hook yet? It's starting to get the button hook at 107. But this is, you know, again, I don't know that this is a traditional stock where the button hook will happen. Uh, it's just traded kind of sideways. And this is a supply issue. Supply is just crazy bad. And so supply and demand, um, you're going to see it kind of <clears throat> just flounder. Peloton, by the way, under 10, 11. So Peloton might be a buy as it gets closer to 10. Let's look at Peloton. Uh, because you did just get out. Did it get you in with this pop? Didn't get you in with the pop. Didn't have a MACD cross up. So you did get out with that 18.8% gain right before earnings. And you're down here. I, I think if you get down uh, 10, I would say 10, 10, anything close to $10, I, I think you take this and, and move with it. I, I, I think you absolutely take it and move with it. So uh, the algorithm loses you 45%. The, the buying and holding loses you 80%. Your average win is 26%, just so you know. Uh, it's been a great, great stock to trade. So uh, today, again, let's look at, you know, it's what, nine, almost 10 o'clock right now. I, I think you're going to trade flat. I don't think you're going to see a 4% move in any of the indices. When I say flat, you might be up by, you know, less than 1%. Um, you might be down about 1%. Um, that's not a huge move. Google is up. Amazon is up. Apple is up. And the uh, Microsoft is up. The only reason these are up, Tesla is down, by the way, below 300. I, I need to make a new price prediction on Tesla. Um, but I think it's probably around 250. Um, people, you know, again, 300 was that key mark. And people started getting out of it at 300. Um, yeah. That gap here between 248 and 254. I think that's where, I, again, it's bounced off that a couple of times um, on the four-hour chart way back in July. But that gap up, it kind of bounced off there. So uh, if it hits the 200-day, you're down at 273. I, I don't think you buy it up here. I think you wait. So um, I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is Jackson Hole, but it's after I'll record the podcast. So uh, most likely I'll tell you the same thing. Sit patient. If you don't see a trade, don't take it. Don't just throw your money away like I do sometimes. Um, but thanks for listening. Support the podcast. Remember anchor.fm slash daily stock pick slash support. Um, tip me on uh, Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. Share the podcast. Do whatever you need to do. Thanks. Have a great Thursday.